0: I'm glad you're here today, and I am uh, excited uh, for this week because it's an undeniable fact that a large portion of the population of this world are going to celebrate the birth of Jesus this week later on. Uh, Historically, Churches of Christ have hesitated to celebrate Christmas as the birth of Christ because a couple of reasons. We don't know the exact date of his birth, uh we don't have a specific biblical example that the early church celebrated such and while i appreciate the attempt to be biblical and speak only where the bible speaks and be silent where the bible is silent the lack of intentional celebration of the birth of jesus christ has actually helped the devil okay it's actually helped satan to secularize and materialize a holiday that otherwise should certainly be focused on Jesus Christ. And for too long, in my opinion, uh, disciples of Jesus have inconsistently banned the birth of Jesus Christ from the church building in December while reaping the benefit of the presence at home around the Christmas tree. And that just seems a little hypocritical to me. And so I think it's way past time. Uh, that we make sure that that hypocrisy is dead. Because if anybody ought to be celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ, it ought to be us, right? Am I right? Can I get an amen on that? I mean, for crying out loud, we celebrate my birthday, right? (laughs) We celebrate your birthday. I mean, we get cake. Sometimes we get presents, I don't, we don't do much of that present giving anymore, because it seems a little strange for us just to swap money with each other every year. So, but we get together, we have some fellowship, some warm times, right? So why in the world, I mean, we celebrate George Washington's birthday. Do we really know when that day is? I don't think so. And, and there's a, you know, Martin Luther King thing. I mean, everybody gets a day. So why can't we have a day to also celebrate the coming, the birth of Jesus Christ? I think that's perfectly okay. You know, it doesn't really matter that this time of year used to be a pagan celebration. I'll just acknowledge that. It used to be a pagan celebration. Uh, The emperor Constantine in the fourth century transformed it into a celebration of the birth of Christ. That doesn't really matter either. What matters the most to me is that people are lifting up Jesus Christ more now at this particular time of year than any other. And I think that's something worthy to be praised about. I think that's something worthy for us to be excited about. You know, talking to the Philippians about his rivals preaching Jesus Christ for wrong motives, Paul said these words, he said it doesn't matter. Whether their motives are false or genuine, the message about Christ is being preached either way. So I rejoice and will continue to rejoice. And so if Paul could speak to you and me today, I believe he would forthrightly say, without a shadow of a doubt, that celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ is not only good, but we ought to do it. And we ought to be happy to do it because we should rejoice because Jesus is being preached regardless. If there was a negative to point out about Christmas, it would be that for too many folks in the world, including some folks in church, Christmas has simply become a time of enormous trees trimmed with glitter and gold and lights and long lines at Walmart or shopping malls and endless packages from Amazon. I mean, who knew that was going to be a thing, right, a few years ago? I mean, you don't even have to leave your house anymore and you can just do all of that. Or waiting to sit on Santa's lap and gifts and gifts and more gifts. And that's been pretty much what Christmas has become for a lot of folks. Emotions run high. Did you know that more feelings get hurt this time of year than any other time of year? Isn't that just sad? That, that things have become that way. I mean, sometimes high hopes are dashed. Have y'all seen the YouTube videos of the bratty kids that people are filming that when they didn't get the present they wanted from Santa or from mom and dad, they just throw these wild tantrums? That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard, but it's a pretty good testimony to the sign of the times, how materialistic things have become. What should be warm family times often turn into unpleasantness. Gift giving gets turned into a competition. Alcohol gets consumed in record amounts and some folks drown in prosperity while others drudge through poverty. And you know, I just, I really don't think that that honors Jesus very much. I mean, where is Christ? Somehow I think the extravagance and indulgence that we see in America anyway around the Christmas time that characterizes holiday doesn't exemplify the humble beginnings of the Son of God that really should be thought about while we celebrate the birth and the coming of Jesus Christ. We should be thinking about who he was and who he is and what he was like and what he is like, what he calls us to become and to be. And so that's what I want us to do today. I want us to stop, take a deep breath during this Otherwise, hectic time of celebration, and just think about Christ. Notice the celebration that took place when he was born. It was was well read a moment ago in Luke chapter 2. We're going to reread that again and a little more. Take a look at that. Luke chapter 2, verse 8. In the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night, and an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone all around them and they were filled with great fear and the angel said to them fear not for behold i bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people for unto you is born this day in the city of david a savior who is christ the lord and this will be a sign for you you'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger and suddenly with the angel there appeared a host of angels, all the heavenly hosts. And they were singing praises to God. And they said, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, verse 15, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. And they went in haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby Lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning the child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying God and praising God for all they had seen and heard and had been told to them. It was a great time of celebration. And so, what I want us to do today is take each letter of the name of Christ and attach to it a word that tells us something about him, a word that tells us something of his character, something we need to imitate, something we can do in order to make Christmas celebration even more significant than it might normally be. So the first letter of the word Christ is C, right? C stands for comforting. Comforting. You know, humanity needs to be comforted with all the tragedy and the fear and the disappointment in the world that we're seeing around us today. I mean, the, our country's political system is absolutely broken beyond repair. I don't even see a way out of that. And people, we're dealing with a pandemic, and folks are locked away in their homes. People are getting sick. People are dying. Uh, folks are are ridden with anxiety about all of that. Folks have lost their jobs this year. Folks have gotten behind in their bills. It's just been a crazy, stressful year. And what people need more than anything else right now is comforting. Jesus Christ is the great comforter. Even in the wake of his birth, he was sensitive to people's need for comfort. If you look back at the text, the shepherds were terrified. And the immediate message from heaven, which ultimately is from Jesus Christ himself, was do not be afraid. It's okay. You don't have to be afraid. And that's what we need to communicate to the world. We as believers need to recognize that for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain, right? And we say that and we preach that. We need to actually mean that. I hope I don't get COVID. I hope I don't have a heart attack. I hope I don't have a stroke. I hope I don't get cancer. I hope I don't get hit by a bus and die this week. But I'm not going to live my life in fear of that. Because I've got Jesus Christ deeply rooted in me. And he said, if you're here, you're living for me. If you're not here, you're with me. Either way we win. there's great comfort in that knowledge. And our world needs to know that. And they need to see that. There is no need to fear because this good news of a great joy that saves us from everything dastardly and deadly in this world is Jesus Christ. And I think the best way to celebrate the Christ is to practice this character trait toward other people. You see, you may be comforted, but you're going to encounter people that are terrified. There is nothing more comforting than just to come alongside and listen. Just to be there. Guys, men, you don't have to fix it. I know that's just really weird, right? That's totally foreign. But you do not have to fix it. Just be there. Just be present. Just being present is comforting. We got folks that are in been in the hospital, have come out of the hospital, they're home recovering, they're watching online right now. We're so disconnected, all of us need to put out a little extra effort to reach out to these folks. You have telephones, you have email, you have text messaging, you have Facebook, you have other social media platforms. Check in on folks. Give them some comfort. Words of encouragement. We're praying for you. We love you. We miss you and mean it. There's always opportunity for that. Always. What a great way to celebrate the birth of Jesus than to be that kind of comforter to people who are around us. The second letter in the word Christ is the letter H, and H stands for humility. You know, the birth of Jesus was not a birth fit for a king. I'll just say that blunt and plain. It was absolutely disgraceful it was humiliating. He deserved far better. He deserved to be the the, the very best that the earth could offer. I mean, there should have been an entire hospital wing reserved for his birth and his coming. They should have ushered Mary and Joseph in there and made sure his arrival was just perfectly contained in the sterile conditions. The media should have been alerted. Joseph should have been given worldwide press conference coverage on all the major networks. The whole world should have stopped like heaven did and acknowledge and rejoice and celebrate the magnificent entrance of the God-man into humanity. But it didn't happen that way. It didn't happen that way at all. And he entered the world in humility. Not only did he not have a hospital, he couldn't even find a motel six room in which to be born. He had to be born in a barn and in unsterile surroundings and the smell of manure, braying of donkeys. This was God coming here. No warm incubator to welcome into this world, just the cold, rough hay of a feeding trough. No media attention would welcome him or no official welcome from the leaders of the world. Just a few ignorant, stinky, rough shepherds who, by the way, were smart enough to know a good thing when they saw it. Can you imagine being them? Knowing that you were the first ones on the scene to see God in the flesh? Jesus entered humanity with humility and I believe a celebration of his birth should remind us of that fact I mean we live in a world that has things really turned around right I mean we elevate things that should be shamed and we shame things that should be elevated the talented and the beautiful get all of our media attention and the homely and plain often get ignored folks that is not the way of Christ that's not the way he lived his life on the earth From the point that he was a baby all the way to the cross, he was a man that demonstrated practical humility in his interaction with people every single day. We should celebrate his coming with humility. And let me suggest a way to do that. Let me suggest that during this holiday season, if you really want to celebrate Christ, find someone who's normally ignored Find someone who's peripheral. Find someone who doesn't get accolades and doesn't get attention or who's lonely or alone. Find someone maybe who's obnoxious and most folks don't want to be around them. And practice a little Christ's humility and embrace them. Make them significant. Make them feel the magnificent love through the humility of Christ. Give them your love and attention. My mother was a master of that when she was alive. There wasn't a holiday that went by in our house where we didn't have complete, total, weird, utter strangers sitting around the table with us. I mean, it was always, and I was always, it made me uncomfortable. It really did. Even when I was used to it, looking back, I see she was practicing this. The humility of Christ. What a great reminder for us to do the same. Third letter in the name Christ is a letter R. And R represents rescuer. The angel told the shepherds that a Savior was born that day. Listen, Christ is our Savior from everything that is bad and evil and born of Satan. He rescues you and me from sin and That's obvious, but he also rescues us from ourselves. My worst enemy in the world, Mark, is Jeff. Most of us are our own worst enemies. We make bad choices. We fail in relationships. We're constantly confronted with negative life situations that we ourselves created. We've got some choices. We can come out bitter, antagonistic, angry, angry hostile, or we can choose to let Christ rescue us from that and become better. And he offers that. And we become rescued when we realize we don't have to right all the wrongs. We don't have to be the last word on everything. We don't have to be vindicated. We can know that one day God's going to do all of that for us. And you know what that does? that frees us up to love people, even our enemies, especially our enemies. It used to really bother me that people didn't, if somebody didn't like me. I mean, it really bothered me a lot. And uh, I forget who it was. I was going to quote this, and I'll think of who it was later on. But some wise gentleman one time said, Um, there's a considerable amount of spaniel in most people because most people want to be liked. And that's all a dog ever wants. He just wants your approval, just wants a pat on the head, just wants you to accept him and, you know, give him a bone once in a while, make sure he's got food in his bowl and water, right? And he'll just be your faithful companion. You know, God didn't call us to be spaniels. He called us to be rescued. So that we don't have to have stuff like that to straddle us down and keep us suppressed and keep us oppressed. I don't have to be a prisoner of negative feelings because I've been rescued by Jesus Christ. So celebrate Christ as your rescuer. The fourth letter in the name Christ is the letter I and I represents innocent. You know, remembering Christ as a newborn baby reminds us of his unblemished innocence. And you know, there's really nothing, and there's one over here in the Stat Household. Probably the best little baby that ever was. Yeah, I got a thumbs up over there. There's nothing as innocent as a newborn baby. His skin is so soft, his presence is non threatening, his soul is clean. Dad, I just want to warn you, he's going to turn two one day, and that's all changing. It will never be innocent again after age two. Because the sad reality is, innocence goes away with age. The more of life we experience, the less innocence we possess. But the good news about Jesus Christ is, he never lost his innocence. Not from the time he was a baby until the time he was crucified, even when he was resurrected and ascended back to heaven. Through that whole process, he maintained his innocence. And the good news, even better, is that through our faith, our obedience to him, we can have our innocence restored. And it's not by humanly achieving, it's by obediently believing I'm never going to be innocent by my own power, my own strength, my own might ever again. But I am innocent because of Jesus Christ and his. Which is what 2 Corinthians 5.21 is all about. When Paul wrote, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. What a gift is that? I'm innocent again. So that when God looks at me, all he sees is through Christ-colored glasses. He doesn't see the me that everybody else sees. He sees the me that I am because of Jesus Christ. And that, that gives me joy. I don't, I don't even understand it. But I believe it and I know it because the word says it's true. The fifth letter in the name of Christ is S. And S stands for Steadfast. You know, years ago, they may still have this slogan. I don't know. I've, I haven't worn a watch in 30 years. But um, you remember Timex? Years ago, they had a slogan. Timex takes a licking and keeps on ticking. You know, and it, you, you just, if you buy our watch, even the cheap ones, you're never going to have to buy another watch for the rest of your life because this sucker will take a licking and keep on ticking. That's the concept of Steadfast. That's the concept of dependable. You never have to worry about it failing. That may not really describe Timax, but I guarantee you it describes Jesus Christ. He lived dependably on this earth, a life that you and I could see and, and try to imitate. And he fulfilled God's will dependably. And no matter who tried to sway him from his purpose, he stayed the course. He set his face for Jerusalem. He never lost sight of his mission. He never lost sight of the cross. He didn't get tangled up on all the wranglings of men. He didn't get confused by arguing. Whenever Satan came into his life and tried to thwart his adult ministry, he breezed right through that because he steadfastly held on to the word that was given him by God himself that he himself gave as God. The Jewish nation tried to stop him by killing him. It didn't work. He was steadfast. Stayed the course, finished the race. And he tells you in me today, I will never leave you, and I will never forsake you. Hebrews 13:5. Folks, you can take that to the bank. He has never failed. Any of his people with our greatest needs. And no matter where you have been or what you have done, no matter how you may have shamed Jesus Christ, he remains steadfast for you. In fact, the scriptures say that he always lives, even now, he always lives to make intercession for you. His whole purpose at the right hand of the throne of God right now is to make intercession for you. And when you're praying and you can't find the words to express to God how much you regret the choices you've made in life or where you are right now or the sin you just did that you promised you'd never do again, he's steadfastly praying for you in that moment. Wow. Think about that when you're gathered with the family for Christmas steadfast the sixth letter in the name Christ is the letter T and T stands for triumphant you know the triumph of Jesus Christ is the ultimate reason for celebrating his birth because if he had failed in his mission if Satan had defeated him in death his birth would have been meaningless So it's the whole package deal we need to celebrate. That's why our artwork depicts the cross and the resurrection as well as the star of the birth. It's the whole thing that we're celebrating here. And triumphant gives it all the meaning in the world we possibly need. The empty tomb is the mortal blow to the power of Satan in your life and mine. And don't you for one minute let Satan confuse you or disillusion you or cause you to be discouraged or despair in this life you're living now because your faith and your hope is in Jesus Christ of Bethlehem who not only was all the things he was but mostly he was triumphant and he promises that same victory for you and me and because I don't have to do the devil's bidding anymore that gives me great cause for celebration And because I don't have to look forward to his reward, gives me a reason to shout from joy at the top of my lungs. To the rest of the world, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people because today in the town of David, a Savior is born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Can we celebrate the birth of Christ? Absolutely. As disciples of Jesus, we ought to be ashamed of ourselves if we don't celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. Now, obviously, we don't have to limit our celebration to one day a year, but neither should we avoid that day, okay? At all. I want you to look back at verse 14 of our text. I believe we got that on the slide as well. Text says, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. you remember who said that? That was the angels. The heavenly host. The heavenly host was shouting, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Could you join me in that today? Could you join me in saying that? Let's try it. Give it a shot. Glory to God in the highest on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. Do you know who he's pleased with? He's pleased with everybody that's put their faith and their trust in Jesus Christ. Let that be the praise of the day. Let that be the praise of the week. Let the coming of Jesus Christ into this world always be for you and me a cause of celebration. And share the good news of his coming with other people by remembering what his name tells us about him. Comforting, humility, rescuer, innocent, steadfast, triumphant. This is Jesus. This is the Christ. This is the Son of God. And this is the great news we have to share with other people. Let this be a good week for you to share that with somebody you haven't shared it with before well maybe your situation today is that you need to be comforted we're going to sing a song in a moment we call it extending the invitation of jesus his invitation is always open it's wide open all the time this will be an avenue maybe you've got something that's weighing you down you need to find comfort for asking us to pray for you about that can be a source of great comfort I want to encourage you to take advantage of that. Or maybe humility is something you need to grow in, and you want us to pray for that. Can I just say, when you pray for humility, you're actually praying to be humiliated, because the only way to learn humility is to be humiliated. So be sure you really want that, all right? You need it. Christ had it, and we need to get more of it to be the servants he wants us to be. Maybe you just need to be rescued from bad choices, just a glimmer of hope. My wife Susie asked me last week, are you going to preach about the birth of Christ this next Sunday? I said, well, I'll probably say something about it. Why? And she said, well, because I I just need some hope. And I thought, yeah, the world needs hope right now. We need hope. What we see and what we experience in the flesh is so minor to the great hope that the Rescuer has available for us. Do you need to be rescued? Do you need some of that steadfastness of Christ? Do you need that innocence restored? you need to experience some triumph? We can help you do that. Let us know. Come talk to me while we stand together and sing.